welcome back, everybody. It's time for another episode of The Real World of Sales. To take a look at the real people out there doing some really unusual, amazing things with our amazing host, Ashley V. Welcome, Ashley. Thanks, Paula. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. We have an awesome show today. And um, first off, though, I just want to give a shout out to our new amazing sponsor, Knox Kitchen. They were actually selected as one of the top restaurants in Westminster. And they have delicious Laos food. It's, you know, really fresh meals. You can order online. You can eat at the restaurant. So you guys go check it out. My favorite meal to get there is the coconut chicken noodles. And I can order about five of them, eat it all. It's super delicious. So go to their website, Knox Kitchen, N-O-K-S Kitchen, and check it out. Okay. And this is Laotian food, right? From Laos. Yes. Right next Thailand and Vietnam. And I don't know. I don't think I've ever had Laotian food before. I don't know how it's any different than yeah. Thai food or Vietnamese mm-hmm. food. It's similar, but it's a little bit different. It's tropical and it's healthy and it's super delicious. Well, I'll tell you what is, again, super delicious to us to hear is your guest that you brought on here today. Here, I inherited a right. house out in the Palm Springs area 10 years ago. My parents lived in it for 20 years and came from the Midwest. And you quickly discover if you go out to the Coachella Valley out in the Palm Springs area, there is an iconic event way before there was Coachella. There is what we used to call the Dinah Shore Classic and the whole weekend that was built around it. You have one of the founders of that whole Dinah Weekend, the founder yes. of that Dinah Weekend. Bring her in, let's right. talk. Yeah, we have the fabulous Mariah Hansen and she knows how to party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for being here, Mariah. You have an amazing story, so we wanna hear all about it. Awesome, and thank you, Paul, and thank you actually for having me. I'm excited to be here. Sure, absolutely. Thank you so much. So, Mariah, why don't you get started telling us, you know, where you grew up, where you're from, and how you became an entrepreneur? Sure. I grew up in Mill Valley, California, a small suburb right right outside of San Francisco. My grandfather was a Greek immigrant, and he helped found the first Greek Orthodox Church in Ring County. And I think my first flirtation with entrepreneurship was selling raffle tickets for my grandfather at the Greek festival to be honest with you at about like age 10 and I would sell a record amount of raffle tickets to help raise funds for the church that's how I started oh my my gosh wow so that kind of influenced you then for the festival industry probably sure also you know it didn't stop there I had a paper route I sold best line soap door to door we'd go to the flea market every weekend and trade up I'm like I started out with some little tape recorder I ended up with a mini bike and two bikes and a guitar and <laughs> I just had the snack wow. for oh my gosh yeah 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 so I think I was a born entrepreneur to be honest with you yeah it, it sounds like it mm-hmm. yeah right and so and then how did you ended up you know, starting the dyno what's the story behind that Sure. I, uh, I threw parties in college and they were very well attended and it was a natural segue to enter the professional event market. And I did that in 1991 or actually, sorry, 1989, I started throwing nightclub events. I would go walk up to a nightclub that I knew wasn't doing well on a Friday night, but it might, maybe it was packed on a Saturday night or a Wednesday or a Thursday night. And I would say, hey, let me have the door you take the bar and I will pack your club on this night that you don't do well on. And they like, there's nothing to lose there. And I would pack the club. And that's how I got my career Mm -hmm. in the kind of nightclub event genre. And that segued into the Dinah Shore weekend and 
producing a very upscale, far-reaching event using sponsors, using national recording artists, and getting thousands of women together to celebrate in the perfect city to do this in, Palm Springs, California. Right, right, definitely. And so how did you, um, you know, like what kind of problems did you have to deal with when you were creating, you know, your business as entrepreneur? Were there any challenges you had to deal with and overcome? Sure. First year out, I had huge problems. I booked this really incredible hotel called the Racket Club, and they canceled my contract probably two months before the dine. I honestly, looking back, I don't think they thought I had the experience to pull off a buyout of a hotel. And they were probably right, although they also didn't know who they were dealing with. And so I I found another hotel as quickly as I could, and I sold out of that hotel, and I sold out of a second hotel after selling out of that one, and I booked the Palm Springs Museum and threw one of the most amazing parties in that beautiful, iconoclastic space. And so a career was just born. It was was a a huge success Mm -hmm. our first weekend, and that was 32 years ago. Right. Wow. So it just, you kind of just like happened to start the Dinah in Palm Springs or did you choose the city, the area? There were small parties that were going on before I came out, but they didn't have the kind of vision I think I brought to it that recognized that there were a lot of ingredients in place. And if, if, if that formula was massaged a little bit, it could really take off. And I think my instinct was right. And that is what happened. And part of that key was being able to have the courage to do a hotel buyout versus 50 Mm -hmm. rooms in a hotel. Much safer to do 50 rooms. Buyouts are very dangerous contracts to get into because hotels aren't Mm -hmm. super forgiving. But but that's what I did. And so I created a whole inclusive, you know, queer girl world and then threw in entertainment and sponsorship and activities and pool parties and concerts and just worked. Right, right. No, I mean, that sounds amazing. So, and then, um, like, when did you realize that your business could grow and be such a huge success to where it is now? Sure. Um, I think I realized it the first year that, it, that I had, I hit some kind of a nerve and, and it just resonated. And the response to the event was humongous. And so it just launched a second year and a third year and I'm the kind of person that I'm going to take something and go, how can this be better? I don't necessarily right. mm-hmm. think you need to tinker with formulas if they work, but I think you can always make your event better. As part of your job as a producer is to reinvent as you go and to also lead. So <clears throat> we've had the opportunity to reinvent. We've also had the opportunity to lead to say, like currently we're really taking a strong stance on the trans world that, you know, mm-hmm. we need to be inclusive. We can't, as people, ask for tolerance and not give it. And so, sure, uh, like, taking positions like that has, you know, I just think it's important for all of us to be on the right side of history. Do you think it's, like, tougher or easier nowadays versus, like, 20 years ago for promoting your business? That's a really great question, and I'm going to answer it in two ways. Do I okay. think it's tougher? No, in some respects, because... I have so much more experience. So any challenges I've thrown at now, I've probably been through it before. But is it tougher in terms of that we're going kind of backwards in society? Yeah, I mean, I think we're really living in strange times right now. And 
not just for LGBTQIA, but for women in general. So I think there's a conservative vein that's running through the country that really needs to be addressed and kind of examined and fleshed out because, you know, I always like to think in terms of the long game and not the short game because the short game can be very visceral and you don't always make the best decisions when you're playing the short game. When you're playing the long game, you're, you're much more encompassing and seeing a bigger picture. And I think our society is missing the big picture right now that we all actually have a lot more in common than, than we want to acknowledge right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, it's very, there's a lot happening for politics yeah. and it's yeah. kind of like the country is divided and here and there. So would you say that, um, you know, part of your, you know, goals as entrepreneur too is to also make a difference with your festival and your career? It's really important for me to do that. I've, I'm from an activist family. My mother was very engaged in the civil rights movement. And, and then later in her life was very involved in the homeless situation in Marin County. And so I grew up with the adage that it's we, not me, that there's a big picture here and that we need to include everyone and that nobody should be left not sitting at the table and that as individuals we have a responsibility to behave that way and model that in our lives so that we can help create that in the greater picture. And so, yeah, it's, it's always been really important to me to have a mission behind what we do that's greater than just a party or a music festival, that it has to do with inclusivity and inspiration and community and coming together and being the biggest and best that we can be. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's fabulous. You know, definitely, I think I can see that. And what kind of experience do you want everybody to have when they go to the Dinah? You know, what's your goals for everyone? I want everyone to just have the most incredible experience imaginable because so many people are coming from areas where they don't have the kind of freedom of expression, of authenticity, of just being exactly who you are as we do in the pockets of California, such as Palm Springs, which is an incredibly liberal city. And so we're co-mingling people that are used to just expressing themselves as they are with people who are living much more oppressed identities in the cities and towns and states that they're from. And so merging those two together gives us all a different perspective about how precious freedom is and how precious authentic lives and being able to live that is. And so I think people leave the Dyna, it's fun, there's, you know, there's concerts, you're, you're having a blast, but at the same time, there's something that's happening that's much more powerful that people leave with. And I think people feel changed after experience five days of the Dyna. I'm very proud of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that sounds fantastic, definitely. And that's what I like about the Dyna too, is that it's like an inspiring and a fun festival at the same time. Yes, absolutely. And then how did you um, come up with the name for the Dinah? Well, you know, that I'm going to give credit to um, the actress, Dinah Shore, because she lent her name to the Nabisco Dinah Shore Golf Tournament. And that was specifically, from what I understand, to help raise the profile of women's sports in general, golf in particular, and to help the purse, you know, the amount won to gain some parity with the men's golf tournaments because they were making so much more money, but it was just as interesting. And we have to give 
Dinah Shore a lot of credit for that kind of feminist empowering position that she took uh, with golf because I actually think she was Mm -hmm. a tennis player. I've met her daughter, Melissa, and, um, you know, because Dinah never said we couldn't use her name. And I I think she was just really pro just living out loud and 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 equity be equitableness and and um and so i'm very proud that that we call it the dinah we've shortened it it's not called the dinah shore anymore but i think she's an iconoclastic woman who should always be remembered not only for her incredible career but because she has given so much to women's sports to raise the visibility and make sure that women are making as much as the men yeah, and that's a huge issue. Definitely, you know, uh, women's rights and women's empowerment is really important for sure. And, you know, even for you, Mariah, as an entrepreneur and woman, you know, is it, you know, tough for you in ways? That's a great question. Yes and no. I think it's harder for women, and it certainly has changed throughout my career. Like, there were sometimes with corporate sponsors where, I'm not going to name any names, but it'd be like, women are responsible for spending money in the household it's like yeah they are uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. so you know you're dealing with this kind of um very atavistic way of looking at at power that it was really a male paradigm for a long time and that's shifting of course but i had to deal with that a lot and at the same time i had a confidence um and a comfortableness that just open doors. I think that that was a personal attribute that made it easier for me. And I, I appreciate that because I know it's not easy for, for all women. And that when we really dig into the politics of it, I think that it's, it's not equitable yet, but we're all working towards that. So that's what's most important. Right, right, definitely. And I think, you know, you're definitely um, a pioneer too for women entrepreneurs. I think um, your story is very encouraging. And Mariah, you know, what, like you kind of described, what char- characteristics do you think that you have that have helped you to be a successful entrepreneur? I don't believe in the word no. And I think that's been a very important directive for me as I've moved through my career that, um, that no just isn't something I've ever accepted because... I think you can turn those into yeses. You just have to either ask a question differently or come from a different perspective. And so that's been a quality that's really helped me. I also think that relationships are what is at the core of any business, successful business. And I think when we forget that, business suffers. Because you're just dealing with people at the end of the day. And people need to be seen, valued, and heard. I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's a common statement, but it's just true. There, you can't look at it any other way. And so when we remind ourselves of that as we're engaging in relationships, I think more successful paradigms would embody that perspective. And I've always had that perspective because I'm from a very activist family. And that has served me well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. It sounds like it. And I like how you said that you don't take no for an answer. I think that's um, important for an entrepreneur and even in sales. And and for your festival, Mariah, is there any um, unique sales strategies that you use that help you to um, make it become so huge and successful? Well, I think that it's, it's like that old movie with, uh, what was that guy's name? If, if, if uh, 
Kevin Costner, if, if you build it, they will come. And I, I think I built it, and, and the women flocked to it because it had a really important message to it. And, and you know, I think that the first step's the hardest in any, in any business. But it's really simple because when you take the first step, the second step naturally follows. But that first step's really hard for people because it's the, it's the scary step. And I don't think people like to do that step alone. So, and partnerships oftentimes are sinking ships. And so there's lots of little variables that go into that recipe of how do you make something work. I just think you offer a good product. I think when you talk about sales, sales is easy when you're selling something that, um, that stands on its own, that is a good product. It's, um, they sell themselves. And I've always been committed to producing the best and greatest queer women's event in the world. And I don't have to spend as much, for instance, on the talent that I do. They're going to come. But if you're producing the largest women's event in the world or the most popular renowned, you have to build the reason behind why it is that way. And so for me, building blocks are also really important and offering a stellar product that you can't get anywhere else and you can't you can't duplicate the donuts it's just people have tried it's (laughs) right right yeah absolutely that's those are good points i think because um you know like you said if you everybody wants to just make easy sales but you know it's difficult and then you have a good product people will enjoy it they'll buy and um and you know what kind of plans do you have for the dyna like for the future, are you going to expand it, make another one, um, some other state? That's a, you ask such good questions. I think it's always, <laughs> I think it's a mistake Thanks. to expand things. And I, and sometimes it works. And, we, and then we have these national chains. And, and that works like to have a fantastic restaurant in, in several cities that just resonates. Um, but I think you have to be careful with that because um, I have a, I have a limited market, you know, uh, I mean, it's, of the population and then what percentage of that is actually women identified. So I think that to take the diner somewhere else cannibalizes the name. It's not like I haven't thrown parties in other places, but I would never cannibalize. That brand is so strong and it's so powerful. And so I am not one to dilute brands. And so I'm not one to go, oh my God, this works. I'm going to take it somewhere else and make more money. That's just not what motivates me. What motivates me is to create the magical, powerful experience that I do. And that's enough for me. Someone else might go, no, I want, I want an empire. I don't want an empire. I want a really amazing product that people talk about for the rest of the year and can't wait to come back and experience again. And that's what drives me. Yeah, I mean, you sound really passionate. I'm sure that's also influenced your business you know, as an entrepreneur. So sure. that's awesome to hear, definitely. And then, you know, uh, Mariah, so... Is there anybody that has been inspiring you as an entrepreneur? Anybody that's influenced you? Sure. Uh, My grandfather, to be honest with you, he was a Greek immigrant. He came over the boat when he was five to San Francisco. He sold bubble gum in front of the ferry building in San Francisco. And I grew up on stories like that, that the American dream is, is available for everybody. And... So that had a huge influence on me. And I, I think also just having a really strong level of integrity that you're, you're only as good as your name. And you have to, to 
honor the preciousness of that. So reading the Crucible heavily affected me. <laughs> I'm an English major. Mm-hmm. So the oh, nice. You didn't major in business or anything? No. Mm-mm, I didn't. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's great. You know, and I think that's um, inspiring too. Like what advice would you give to anybody that wants to start a business or they're kind of struggling in their business and freaking out and don't know how you to know, make it successful? I have some good advice. You have to do what you love. And so if you're motivated by making money, maybe you'll be successful. Probably you're not going to be. If you're motivated by what impassions you, you're going to be successful. And, you know, I liken, um, oh, God, what's that What's that food in New Orleans? Beignet? Does that sound right? It's Jambalaya, little, maybe? Gumbo? Beignet, it's, it's that little pastry that you can get. Yeah, I think get. that's right. That's the name of it. Yeah. So the line is around the block for that product. Now, in capitalism, one would say, wow, maybe they need some competition because the line's around the block. But if you're not impassioned with being a pastry maker, you're now just impassioned with making, you know, something that might help get some of that line over to your place, you're probably not going to do well. But if you are an impassioned pastry maker and you think, wow, they love pastry in New Orleans, and you open your own style of pastry shop, you're not going to have less people going out. You're going to have more people eating pastry. That's just the way that one works. And so I think that you have to really love what you do. You have to be committed to what you're doing. And that will show in the product. But just to do it, just to make money, that's no, it's just the wrong motivator. And I've seen it happen tons of times. You might have a run and you might make some money, but it doesn't last. It's not going to, it's not going to last. You know, I, I have a music festival that, it's in its 32nd year. I mean, how many music festivals have lasted for 32 years? And it's lasted this long, and it's stronger than ever because I love producing it, and I love the reasons that I produce it. And so my message to anybody who's having trouble is, are you in the right industry? Are you really doing what gets you up in the morning and, and just excited to get to work? Because if you are, you'll be fine. And if you're not, it's just not the right motivator. Wow, yeah, that's really powerful. Definitely, I think there's um, a lot of good advice in what you just described, Mariah, because I think that's, um, that is something people need to question. I think that does um, make sense why you're successful in your business. And why don't you um, tell us a bit about what people can expect, how the um, Dinah is going to be this month coming up? People can expect the, the most fun, adventuresome, community-based music festival with some incredible music. We have uh, Princess Nokia, who is just a breakout artist. We have Dochi, another breakout artist. They're going to become household names. Um, G-Flip, who's already famous in her own right, um, and then an artist, Femme. And then we have two, two young artists, uh, Zana and Kiana Key, who we're giving some stage time to. But the pool parties are so fun and the night parties are so glamorous and there's just this excitement that happens. So from Wednesday through Sunday, it's just a non-stop program of events that help create community and help celebrate 
who we are, our lives, our authenticity, feeling good about ourselves, just, you know, our femaleness. And that's an inclusive statement. So, you know, if you identify with your femaleness, this is the place for you. So, and they're all feel good um, aspirations. And uh, it, we love my entire staff. We, we love producing it because it's our feel good too to get to be able to do this for people. It's the best job. Yeah, that's amazing. It sounds like a huge blast. And when is it going to um, happen this month? What are the dates, Mara? Sure, it's right around the corner, September 20th through the 24th at Margaritaville is our main hotel, and our overflow is Doubletree, and then we're at Reforma Nightclub. It's a new glamorous nightclub in town, and uh, Chill Bar. So we just have nonstop events going on, and uh, everyone is welcome. All right. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Mariah, for being on the show. Um, you have oh, a, my pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. You're so inspiring, and you have an amazing festival. So everybody go check out the Dinah. All right. Thanks so much, both of you, and I hope maybe I'll see you both there. You're and invited. before we lose you, let's, say, right. let's give out a website and tickets and all that kind of stuff. Where do they go? Uh, the website is thedinah.com. You can get tickets there. There's a little link that says buy tickets. But you can also read all about it. Um, the event program, our entertainment. So it's all there. Okay. The Dinah, and it's coming up when again? What's the dates? September 20th through the 24th. Okay. All right. Well, that's the place to be. I'm telling you, as somebody who inherited a house out in that area, my parents came from the Midwest. They had no idea any of these things existed. In the same way that people look at Coachella now, that's an iconic festival that's been there for 30 years. Coachella's been around for, what, 10 maybe or something here. Yeah, a little bit longer, but not much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It has that same kind of movement, uh, the same size. It packs the town. Let's put it that way. It yes, packs the town. Packs. All right. Thanks for joining us. Okay, yeah. Ashley, anything you, we've got to do? Shout out to your book here. Give a little yeah, shout out. Yeah, that's right, everybody. Um, this is my book, Ferocious Sell Skills, and you can get it on Amazon, iTunes, and Barnes and Noble websites. I think we're talking to a couple of people who have ferocious sales skills. I can't imagine right. it was easy walking into a hotel and saying, I'm taking over the whole thing. I'm going to book the whole hotel here. It's a, don't sell any other rooms but to me here this weekend here. I don't yeah. know about that. That took some ferocious sales skills. All right. Thanks for right. joining us. We'll see oh, you. Thank you. All right. Hey. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, there you have it. If she doesn't bring in the most interesting people, I don't know who does. Uh, tune in each and every time as Ashley V taps into her Rolodex and brings us the most amazing people doing the most incredible things right here in Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center. 